We're in for a wild night. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode 110 of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host as always, Nate Wolf. It is very good to be back. Um, Apologies for the delay between episodes. So uh, real briefly, like I managed after dodging COVID for uh, two plus years, managed to catch it. And then my son got it, and then my wife got it, and uh, it really sucks being fully fully vaccinated and boosted, and it still really sucks. Uh, so I'm on the tail end of it, kind of bounced back and and doing okay-ish. Um, if I start hack coughing, I'm just going to mute the microphone, and we'll we'll proceed as normal. But I'm really happy to be back. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday, which we don't normally do. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of that time of year. My nephew's high school graduation was last night and uh, wanted to go and support. And we try to try to do the family stuff. And so um, our schedule's a little bit wonky this week, but we should be back to normal next week. Um, unfortunately, uh, Hydra had some stuff com- go c- coming up today, some family stuff. It was kind of unavoidable, but this was uh, kind of the best we could do schedule-wise. And, and uh, so here we are, but next week we'll be back to same uh same bat time same bat channel same bat programming uh, but i'm very happy to be back and see my friends here tonight and so i'm joined by two my very favorite people so uh first off electric sheep city it's great to see your face welcome back how are you meowdy and ahoy uh i am here as you are here as we are here we are all together. Ahoy, um, ahoy. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little rusty. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was uh, talking a little bit before um, uh, we started recording. Uh, had a work trip to DC this week, which was really exciting. So very excited to be back here uh, and ready to talk some wild Hearthstone with some of my favorite people. Sans Hydra, I do wish he was back back here as well. Uh, I miss him dearly, but we will soldier on in his absence. We will, we will. And uh, but we are joined by one of our very good friends, our very own yeah. lore master, Goliath the Dwarf. Welcome back to the show. It's always great seeing you. Hello, yeah, so always good to be back. And you know, it's right. We do seem to have a record where a lot of the shows where I come on are the ones the Hydra can't make. <laughs> I don't know what what goes on here, but. Uh, it's 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 probably the uh uh i'm ready i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm just hercules i drive the hydro away hey. um, but uh hey, but no no i'm uh, i'm doing good i am happy to be here i actually um I'm not sick, but I am in the slightest bit of discovery right now. I just got back from uh, doing, I, I've recently this week started uh, signing up to give uh, plasma surge, uh, plasma donations where they like take take your blood out and like you get your blood, blood cells back, but they keep the plasma. And uh, we had a little bit of an issue on one of mine where they had to switch arms. And oh, I yikes. look like right now, like I fell down roller skating because they had to bandage up both elbows. Elbows and stuff. So I'm oh no! A little stiff and sore side right now, but uh, thankfully uh, today our lore topic is going to involve what uh, the shaman in uh, Hearthstone happened to associate with healing. So hey, maybe <laughs> some of that'll rub off, you know? 
We'll hey, see. there we go. Fingers crossed. Well, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Let me briefly explain how this show works. We record this podcast live mostly every Friday evening at twitch.tv slash born to be wild HS. And the video version of this podcast is then posted to YouTube shortly thereafter. Audio versions are also distributed to all of the podcast apps. So however you're watching or listening or absorbing via osmosis this podcast today, thank you. Yes, you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And uh, also wanted to say thank you to everyone who's joining us live today. Um, see Blue Train here and Armorn and some other folks in chat. So I really appreciate everyone uh, being here. Um, real quickly, some housekeeping things before we jump into our main topic. So a, a very quick but very important thank you to um, Shokunin and to the other patrons of our show. We really appreciate your support. Got a really nice message from Shokunin uh, this past week that I shared with the hosts and, and we'll share with the rest of you um, when the timing is right. But, uh, but uh, it's a pretty cool giveaway um, coming up in the not too distant future. Um, so thank you so much to Shokunin. Your support means the world to us and it's... Uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, we, we appreciate you very much. If anyone out there um, is enjoying this content and looking to support us in any way, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. Some are free, some cost a little bit. Um, if you uh, are checking out this content on YouTube, if you like, subscribe, that helps people to find our channel. If you are enjoying this, uh, the audio version on some podcast app, if you want to um, leave a review on your podcast app of choice, that also helps people find us. And then finally, if you're watching live on Twitch, um, we do have some pretty cool emotes that you can unlock. Uh, there are free ones just for following. There's also some that you can get for um, subscribing, which is free if you've got Amazon Prime. So, uh, and new emotes are live. I think we shared that last time, but they're super cool. Christina is uh, fantastic and, and we love it. Um, we do have new merch. Uh, the merch store is live. If you go to our website, you just click on the merch button and uh, there's a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. And so uh, we've got brand new artwork and uh, it's Sunken City themed and it's it's very fun. Um, so yeah, check it out. Yeah. If you if are- you know, then you know. <laughs> That's right. And if you don't, then you don't. I love that song though. Um, the links to all of this stuff and more can be found at our website. It's uh, on the lower right part of the screen here, but uh, if you want to check it out, it uh, it can be found at borntobewildhs.com. All right. Well, that's that's about it. Oh, sorry. One last thing. I uh, wanted to plug the Discord very quickly. If anyone is interested in hanging out with any of us personally, uh, we're very active on Discord. Discord is an online um, community and uh, links to that is on our website as well. We've got, uh, we share deck lists, we share jokes, we share life experiences and talk about all kinds of stuff and made a lot of friends over there and it's absolutely free. So if you want to check that out again, um, go to our website, born to be and uh, there's links at the bottom of each page in the footer to find all of our stuffs. So cool beans. Um, before we get into the main topic, wanted to pass the mic over to sheep to talk about our listener series. Uh, unfortunately we were not able to stream the last couple weeks matches. Part of it is just, uh, timing issues, trying to line up matches and people who are available. Part of it is that, uh, I got sick and, um, have not been free myself, but hopefully we'll be back doing things, um, normally in the following weeks, but, uh, the series is plugging away. Yeah, it is. And, uh, so this week in our listener series is week four which is the Naga. And I believe we have a, 
uh, past Goliath the Dwarf um, recording (laughs) to kind of give a, a brief thematic intro to the naga as well you know what i i have it but i only have like let me play i'll play it but it's gonna play through the first couple weeks in front of it because i forgot to make the clip (laughs) but here it goes embodiments of chaos and corruption the old gods plummeted to azeroth from the great dark beyond and embedded themselves into its crust while the elemental lords attempted to resist they were no match for the old gods power and succumbed to their terrible will When the Titans discovered Azeroth, they saw the old gods had embedded themselves too deeply within the world's surface to be removed without destroying the planet, so they decided to imprison them below the surface, or for millennia, they lay dormant. Alright, that was week one, so here's week two. In the primordial days of Azeroth, the life-giving magic of the Well of Eternity accelerated the evolution of Azeroth's primitive species into sentient races. Among these races, the trolls were the most powerful and resilient. One tribe known as the Dark Trolls was further evolved by the Well of Eternity into the first Night Elves, blessed by the Moon Goddess Elune. They grew into a wealthy and powerful empire that reached its golden age under the mighty Queen Ashira. Alright, that was week two, so here's the week three. The proud Queen Ajara, her advisor Xavius, Another aristocratic highborn communicated with the fallen titan Sargeras, accepting his offer of unlimited power in exchange for creating a gateway to their world. With their powerful magic, they transformed the Well of Eternity into a portal, allowing a seemingly endless army of demons to emerge and conquer as well. Alright, and here's this week's. Thanks to the heroic action of the Night Elf Resistance, the Well of Eternity collapsed into itself, expelling the demons from Azeroth. The demons were gone, but the resulting explosion known as the Great Sundering transformed it into the Maelstrom and fractured the land. The city of Zinajari sank beneath the waves, and the Highborn's fate was all but sealed. In a last-ditch effort to save her people, Queen Najara made a deal with the old god Nizoth to rule at his side in exchange for helping him obtain his food. The bargain struck. Zoth transformed the highborn Nidos into Naga. Alright. That's so cool. I love I love having it. It's uh it's so thematic and so very cool. And I agree hundred percent. Uh going into like you you could totally do voice acting. I love it. <laughs> It's so, it's so good, Goliath. I have done for a few of my friends who make Warcraft machinimas. It's been a little while, but uh, there are YouTube videos of me voicing things out there if you ever want to look for them. Oh, that, that uh, may be a uh, secondary weekly challenge is to find those videos. <laughs> so speaking of primary and secondary challenges, um, you know, this week is the Naga. And so for the primary challenge... Each deck must contain at least eight Naga minions because we're highlighting those Nagas. And the secondary challenge, the one that's that's not um, thematic uh, in, in that aspect, is that each deck must contain at least eight spells from the same spell school. So, of course, the spell schools are Arcane, Fell, Fire, Frost, Holy, Nature, and Shadow at the time of this recording. Who knows if you're listening to this later, there, <laughs> there may be some new spell schools. 
Rainbow spells cool. So each deck must use a different primary spell school. So like, for example, if you use nature in, in Druid, you can't use any nature spells throughout the entire rest of your um, uh, lineup. Um, so neutral spells, spells with no spell school, can be used across all four decks as long as the must-have-eight-from-the-same-spell-school condition is met. Additionally, if there's um, one spell school that you were not highlighting, say Shadow, that can count as a, as a neutral um, spell as well. Um, but if, if you have a primary somewhere, then that can't be used throughout the rest of your lineup. Right, right. So that is the challenge for week four of season five and we're we're shaping up to we've got this week and then one subsequent week and then we'll be in the playoffs so it's it's getting real it's happening right it's been really fun and we've seen a big turnout this season and i'm relieved that like even though uh we weren't able to stream last week's match uh, that we still had like a really good turnout. Lots of people are playing lots of really great decks and it's been, um, you know, one of the things that we like to do here is focus on community. And so there's a separate mm-hmm. discord channel for it, but, but just people asking questions and playing practice games left and right. Um, and it's been an, an absolute blast. And so very excited to see it and, uh, having a great time with it myself as well. Yeah, honestly, I, I really enjoyed this particular theme because it reminded me like, that there's spell schools that you kind of overlook sometimes for glasses. Like I ended up rediscovering that rogue has a decent amount of shadow spells. Like we Mm -hmm. think of shadow for priest and warlock, but like it's perfectly acceptable for rogue. So, and like warlock has some fire spells and everything. So uh, like it it is interesting to use these to think outside the box with our unique restrictions. Absolutely. It really is. This, unfortunately, is the first week that I did not submit. And that was, you know, I, I, I touched base with Schmoopy Daddy, who was my opponent, and was like, look, I'm going to try to, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to because I was out of town for work. Right. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, uh, being on a plane all of Monday and, uh, you know, Tuesday, work just kept on rolling. So, unfortunately, I did not get to submit this go around. But, of course, I will continue um uh for the rest of the regular season at least um and i uh with with this this l i I don't know that i'm going to be competing for one of the playoff spots um but i i know i was kind of on the cusp before so maybe maybe schmoopy daddy will be oh maybe maybe well very exciting very exciting um Hey, one thing I wanted to share real quick before we got into our main topic for the night was, uh, so I've been down and out kind of home sick recovering and then the month reset. So I'm sitting here at home with nothing to do. So I jumped on the computer, played some Hearthstone, right? Uh, ended up hitting legend on day. What day was it? It was the, uh, 5th, the 5th of June. Um, I didn't play before that because I was just sick. I had a fever for a couple of days and I knew like if I play, I'm just going to like face plant because I not just was not there, could not focus. And um, but anyways, I, I, uh, I jumped on. I my my thought process was, hey, I, here, what do I think I'm going to see? Blue, Blue Train was like pushing this big shaman super hard. And I love it. Like I, it's one of my favorite deck archetypes that hasn't been viable in quite a while. I've hit legend with it in the past. It's very fun. 
and um, Blue Train and NHL were working up uh, like a theorycraft deck list with cards from the new mini set and uh, have have declared this the summer of big shaman and then lo, you know lo and behold that uh, the uh, prophecy has come true people <laughs> people playing this new big shaman like left and right and my thought process was you know i'm sitting here watching these people post deck lists and like okay so the two decks that i want to target are big shaman and fish road because it's really good and it's prevalent and so i put together a freeze like shutterwalk shaman specifically targeting those two decks um and i wanted to try out the new card so i i dropped in uh coil fang constrictor which is the new um was a four mana five four that you get to look at three of your opponent's cards and choose one for them to not play and i just wanted to kind of try it out and uh yeah it ended up being great i went 28 to 17 this is the only deck that i played from uh from bronze 10 all the way to legend I ended up going 28 and 17, so 62% win rate from Bronze 10 to Legend. And then, yeah, it was a 7-1 against Big Shaman, 8-3 and three against Rogue. Um, and, yeah, I'm not 100% sold on Coilfin Constrictor. It's really fun. It's interesting because you get to see their hand and slow them down. Um, and I, I, you know, I kind of have talked myself into it. it uh, it's really fun. And I, I'm still not 100% sold, but I enjoy it. But anyways, uh, it was fun. So I wanted to share that in case anyone's looking for something to climb with. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the the meta. And again, I mean, if you look at my stats, it's it's very much uh, Shaman and, and Rogue are kind of the two big ones here. But uh, it's kind of a standard freeze freeze list. So it's two armor vendors, uh, one Toxfin, one Bolner, um, two Devolves, two Dirty Rats, one Firemancer Flurgle, two Ice Fishings. I put in two just for consistency. Um, because I wanted to make sure that I drew my combo. Uh, two Healing Reigns, which I normally hate, but I knew I was facing a lot of aggro. Uh, two Primal Dungeoneers, two Rustrot Vipers. These are great against the Rogues, but in any other matchup, they're just tradable, so that you know if you're looking for your cards, you trade away. Uh, Zola the Gorgon, um, Blademaster Okani, two Coilfin Constrictors, two Serenite Chain Gangs, um, I wanted these for the for the taunt, but it also like if you go into a control matchup, it that coupled with Zola and Grumble lets you go infinite with your Shutterwalk loop. Uh, Lotheb, Grumble, uh, two Snowfall Guardians because the card is busted, and of course Shutterwalk. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, I'll post the the deck code in in the comments and stuff if anyone wants to try it out. But uh, you know, it was it was fun, and I got there. Uh, it was funny because I hit at rank eighty nine, and then I. Um, I, you know, you decay and usually your rank grows and I decayed lower, which was really weird. I checked back huh. the next day and I was at 86. I was like, wait, that's moving the wrong direction. Not, not that I'm complaining about it, but like you, you recayed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I, I can't complain, but anyways, Hey, I got featured in, in uh like the neon tweet, the Hearthstone top decks tweet. And I got, nice. I, I featured in a couple of, de- a couple of my decks in a, in a slizzle best decks video. So made me made me feel happy over here wallowing in my uh uh you know covid recovery um and uh but but anyways it was it was nice to to see that and yeah anyways i like the deck it's fun if if you're looking for something to uh to beat the current tier one lists so congrats yeah thank you it was fun it was fun um you i saw you hit as well yeah or was that last week have you- no, that that was that was last go round. I haven't hit yet uh, this season, um, mostly because uh, I've been prepping to travel and then traveling. Uh, 
Since getting back, I have tried around with a little bit of um, aggro druid. Um, you know, Drek'thar gets the cut. Drek'thar did a lot, but hey, that means that we can run things like Voracious Readers. Unfortunately, it's not great into Shutterwalk Shaman. Or sorry, not Shutterwalk Shaman. Probably not great into that either. But, <laughs> um, it's really not great into Big Shaman. Oh yeah, um, glug glug so, glug. Yeah, glug and um, the Scrapyard Colossus, like both, just kind of like stomp on aggro druid so i haven't found what i'm gonna like properly climb with yet but i've had a lot of fun kind of experimenting and and finding out um you know kind of whether the deck works or not in this meta and the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll get there yeah how about you goliath what have you been playing uh so far this season friend um well so far like and i like I've always been on the casual side. There's been a p- couple periods where I decided I would try to be like you guys and climb ladders. But uh, as they kept on adding more and more different game modes, I was just like, I just want to do a. I, I'm I'm the jack of all trades more with Hearthstone rather than focusing on any specific part of it. Is a time part of it is just interest. I love doing duels. I love battlegrounds. Uh, mercenaries when i'm in the mood for it i have to remind myself about the tavern brawls right now because it's not right on the home screen mm-hmm, you get that free right? pack every week and all that so i don't know just uh i'd say the main time that i play an actual casual match though is pretty much only if i'm testing out a deck for the uh listeners challenge uh that's because most of the time i just have the attitude of hey i'm figuring out a deck here and if i then I get a reward for it. If I lose, I honestly don't care, especially since I'm still in copper right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm jack of all trades with Hearthstone right now. Uh, some people complain about new modes that are made that it detracts from uh, work being put into a certain one that they like. But me personally, I enjoy being able to just do a whatever particular mm-hmm. flavor of Hearthstone I'm in the mood for at the time. I like yeah. it. Mercs has Big been fun. I, I've been doing the uh, the ya, Yasharaj Yasharaj um, bounties. Yasharaj, yeah. I've been really enjoying it. Um, and I think I'm at. Ta- I just finished task nine, like right before this uh, the show. So I'm trying to to jam it out. I like the the drop rates and the cards um, are still like well. There's no duplicate protection, let me say that. So <laughs> if they're going to be offering like a free diamond portrait, like I, I'm going to chase it real hard. And so I've been, try- I've been trying for it. And I think we still have another 10 days or nine days or something like that. And so there's plenty of time. But, uh, you know, big shout out also to um, our buddies uh, at the Fighting Pit podcast for, for guides and stuff. Um, Zombies has been fantastic. And also um, Old Guardian on YouTube has guides for everything. And they're amazing. Like they've helped so much where, you know, if if I don't want to think too hard about it, I'll say, oh, what did old guardian use? Let me copy that. And Mm -hmm. like, they always work. It's wonderful. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun there. And uh, yeah, it's been enjoyable. Nice. Great. Anyhow, let's talk about the reason that uh, everyone is, is here tonight. We've got another lore episode and just in time for the throne of tides uh, lore. Uh, or mini set yeah. rather, you know, we've got some, it's, it's story time. So I'm, 
anxious to to talk about some stuff tonight. Goliath has written a very great article for Out of Cards that uh, kind of ties right right into this that I would encourage everyone to read as well. But we're going to talk through it tonight. And so um, that being said, let me just pass the mic over to Goliath and we can jump right in. All right. Well, it's funny. It's uh, you made like a big shaman focused deck here, and we're talking about elementals, which are also very shaman focused. I know you did not intend this works out well. Would have worked out even better if I'd chosen to make this week's parody song shaman focused, but I made it about druids instead. Um, and we can play that now or whatever you want. Oh, actually. you know what? That's right. Let's. Uh, you know, we can play it real quick. Let's. We, yeah. Let's do that. Let's. Let's play it real quick before we get into it. So this is called the druid song, and you said this is based off of. Uh... It's called the garden song. It's. Uh, it, it's one that I grew up with as a kid and really loved and. Just had one of those shower thoughts a few weeks ago. Is like, hey, you know, this is the sort of thing that Drew would probably sing. So I just went with that idea. I love it. I, you know what? It's always fun because I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet either. So I'll get to uh, listen to it live here. All right. Well, let me go ahead and play it right now for everybody. Here we go. Inch by inch, row by row, I'm gonna help this manna grow. My furion is my shadow as we make our fertile ground. Tree by tree and grove by grove, nature is a treasure trove. Through the threads of life it's wove and its wonders do astound. Why, all gods with ancient might, emerald dream, green dragonflight, a mighty force they all unite to defend from the nightmare. Saber claw, thang, reef, or plains, druids of the swarming flames, they all take so many names, tending land, the sea, and air. Arias, the forest lord, with his white stag dead before, ancients of both war and lore, how can I just choose one? Arian, a hand perched on branch in the world tree, nature's magic comes to me from land, stars, moon, and sun. By hill, dell by dell, gonna cast these nature spells. Healing does my allies well, and the beasts come to my aid. And inch by inch, row by row, nature bless these seeds I sow. Manna makes all good things grow, even golems made of jade.
Well done. Well done. Oh, it's so good, Goliath. I, uh, Thank you. Oh, so good. So good. Your voice is so... Uh, you should... Uh, yeah. I, you have an amazing voice. You're very talented, I have to say. I, I was uh, lucky to have some uh, great teachers growing up and some different choirs and stuff. Um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of different things. And I was in musical theater a lot growing up. That get quite a variety of different songs that way, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, like too bad, too bad it wasn't. Uh, I, I kind of have this goal right now where I want to make one about each class because uh, I, oh. I did a rogue one for you mm -hmm, guys mm -hmm. once, uh, and I have druid, and uh, we have a, a demon hunter one that's a, a bit unfinished, but uh, we can uh, finish that at some point. And I don't know, I, I think it'd be cool for us to all collectively. Uh, come together with ones about every single one of the class identities and stuff. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I love it. And and that one too is just so perfectly like guff in nature and like Right? Yes, I agree. Yes. Perfect. I was perfect actually with the garden given song an idea. Too. <laughs> I yes, I can't remember which member of the Discord meant suggested this or put the idea in my head, but I also kind of want to do uh, Guff the Magic Tauren. Uh, <laughs> yes, please do. That, that's, that's an idea I'm floating around. It just fits so perfectly. It, it but, yes, uh, yes, a hundred percent. But speaking of uh, class identities and stuff, it's ever since Angoro came out and made Elemental a tribe, and I, I love when they come up with a new tribe, because tribes are one of the main things that I think of when I'm trying to make, like, a synergy and what my own rare attempts to actually build a deck instead of just using one of the ones that all of you amazing people make. Um, but uh, Shaman in particular started coming out with a lot of element synergy type of things, and uh, that is what what one of the main uh, types of elements is our main lore topic for the day. Uh, so obviously the uh, Throne of the Tides miniset is a continuation of Voyage to the Sunken City. And on our main talk about that, uh, we talked all about the history of the Naga and stuff. And we actually touched on a bit of this story here, but we kind of skimmed over it a little bit because... Well, there just really weren't any cards relevant to it. And now they decide that uh, to fill in that gap in the story by really like having even some of the more like people might forget this particular boss from the dungeon or something. Yeah, you know, got a legendary. I love it when they make the legendaries like that, which kind of is like, hey, uh -huh. remember this boss? Um, so in, rather than just retreading all the stuff from the Naga point of view, we're going to switch it up a bit uh, because this is very clear defines. Like, this mini set was advertised as, you know, like, Battle of the Colossals. There's literally a, a warrior card themed of that, of pulling two Colossals uh, onto the board and they fight. Um, so we have the Naga on one end, uh, who uh, have, like, uh, their... Uh, serpentine warriors and a kraken on their side who we'll talk about later and we have the water elementals uh led by the uh water lord the tide hunter himself neptalon and so we're we've already talked about things from the naga side we're gonna switch over and uh kind of go back and talk all about where these water elementals came from to start things out with so do you guys remember we've gone over 
the very beginning of things, a couple times with elementals and old gods. I'm giving you a pop quiz right now. Uh, do you remember the the basics of how all that uh, happened? Gosh, I I mean I remember you know I remember the old gods and the elementals and the you know the warring elementals and mm -hmm. uh, but but I don't recall really how they got started. I mean I remember that you know. Neptulon uh, and uh, gosh, I always forget the name because she's not in in Hearthstone proper. Therizane, the, uh, the Stone Mother. Therizane, right? Yeah. Are, are kind of the outliers, like doing their thing. You know, Neptulon is is in the ocean. Therizane is like the nice one, and then Alakir and Ragnaros are like you know battling it up and uh, kind of you know chaotic and um, but I don't recall anymore the the so origin. The old gods came to try and get the the world seed is the that world right soul yes world soul yeah mm -hmm. um, yeah so uh azeroth is a special planet that's essentially a baby titan uh mm -hmm. this powerful cosmic being and the whole point of the old gods is that since uh titans are so powerful uh they can't do anything uh to them while they are fully grown but if they can influence and corrupt one while it's still hatching inside of its eggs so to speak and turn it into an evil void titan then that will enable complete domination of the void across the cosmos which is why everything that happens on azeroth is so important because that can't be allowed to happen um and as for the the elementals are just kind of Beings that naturally pop up on the majority of worlds that existed. Um, pretty much everything was initially some sort of combination of the various particles of energy and matter that formed, which was essentially a big bang from uh, the light and void clashing each other way back before time had a name and all of that stuff. And so, just the majority of planets, these basic of Light forms uh, with varying degrees of sentience are the elementals. And there are different kinds, uh, but the, you generally have just the four core ones, which are the earth, the fire, the air, and water. And. Uh, oh, no heart. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there is heart. It's called spirit. Uh -huh. uh, spirit is the fifth element. And uh, it's essentially what helps to keep elementals calmer. Um, the thing is that on Azeroth, the world soul was using so much spirit as kind of like the, the, the juice to help it grow that the ele there wasn't any more for the elementals. And so while on mm -hmm. other worlds, like the orcs' homeworld of Draenor, where the elementals are a lot easier to get along with, the fact that there is no spirit for the elementals on Azeroth it means that they were very chaotic and very violent. That's why they were constantly fighting with each other and not even necessarily to win anything. They just reveled in the ever-constant primordial chaos. Um, and, like, you know, they would win some, they'd lose some, and... Uh, it wasn't until the old gods came and crashed down that the four elemental ones worked together for mm -hmm. the very first time. Uh, and it still didn't work because <laughs> the old gods are too powerful and they ended up enslaving them. And the 
elemental lords ended up actually becoming like the chief generals of the old gods armies um until the titans came along what do you remember about the titans and fighting against the old gods i remember one ripping our first old god right out of the uh the planet oh, and leaving yes. that huge crater and, and just <laughs> yeah. thinking that it like the the visualization that i had was the the album art for judas priest ram it down <laughs> yeah well the titans like right they're so powerful and the old gods had like embedded themselves so deeply it's like one of our little lore segments right that like the titans couldn't come and just like destroy them outright without destroying um azeroth and so it was like, oh, well, I guess then we have to imprison them instead, uh, because we otherwise we risk like destroying the world. And so, uh, yeah, they they were forced to take like a, a different approach. Exactly. Uh, an illustration that I believe I used uh, a previous time was that it'd be like uh, trying to get the ants out of your sandcastle. You could just try to smash them, but you'll end up smashing your sandcastle like that. So right. uh, what do you do? Well, obviously, you make little sentient tiny insect robots that will go in and get rid of the ants for you. Uh, that's what the Titans decided to do, at least. Not insect-like, but... Uh, that is, uh, they created what we call the Titan Keepers. And uh, so far, we only have one Titan Keeper that is actually a card in Hearthstone. Uh, that is Ra. Uh, we've mentioned Ra once or twice. He plays into yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, not into this story directly, but um, he is an illustration. They are these like large uh metallic giants that were essentially infused with a part of the uh titan's power in order to be able to act as their agents and the uh, safe guardians on azeroth to fight the battles that the titans themselves could not and before they went around uh imprisoning all the old gods themselves the elemental lords and they all split up into uh, tag teams that uh, went after a particular elemental lord. And uh, as for Neptalon, he ended up having to face against uh, two named Loken and Mimiron. Um Mimiron, who uh, you may recall the uh, head of Mimiron. <laughs> yes, heart. the ultimate meme card. Yes, we love it. Yes. Um, Mimiron is the creator of the Mechanomes, actually. Uh, and uh, a bunch of other stuff, too. But in particular, the original robot forms of the gnomes before they ended up becoming the gnomes that we know today. Uh, and uh, him and another Titan Keeper named Loken uh, worked to defeat Neptalon and all of his great watery powers. Uh, the uh, book says that they managed to use their wit to outmaneuver all of his uh, tactics and his uh, various water elemental armies. And Loken, who was this master of arcane magic, was able to freeze and shatter them all while Mimiron created enchanted bonds to imprison Neptalon. And uh, then, after we have all of the elemental lords who are 
taken care of. The problem is you can't kill them because they are bound to Azeroth and they just reform later on. So in order to imprison them, the Titan Keepers created the Elemental Planes. These are not actually natural planes of existence. They were artificially constructed as prisons and just kind of ended up becoming the homes of the elementals. And so the plane that was made for the water elementals is called the Abyssal Maw. Nice and dramatic. Uh, It's far more interesting than where do do we put all the fire people? Uh, Firelands. We'll call it the Firelands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you're interested, then uh, the place for the air elementals is called Skywall, and the uh, place for the earth elementals is Deep Hole. That's the one that's uh, directly under the Maelstrom, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, all those are a lot cooler than the Firelands. I mean, the Firelands <laughs> sounds cool, but it's so unoriginal in comparison, I'm just saying. Uh, right. Hey, before before we jump into the Abyssal Maw, like, mm-hmm. why, so we, when we, we had Nept- Neptulon and Hearthstone way back when as a, as a legendary, but it was unplayed be- and the battle cry had to do with um, getting a bunch of mur like fi- what does it say? Fill your hand with murlocs. Is there anything like lore wise having to do with Neptulon and murlocs, or is that just a um, like- barely? So Neptulon uh, is by his nature of being really powerful elemental lord, kind of a god demigod, like yeah, powerful enough to be worshipped by some races on Azeroth, or some sects of races. There, at one point, was a tribe of murlocs called the Rockpool who did worship Neptilon, uh, and they actually got along with some Naga for the time who also worshipped Neptilon, and, you know, various cultures, like some trolls or whatnot, you know, various different times may have done that sort of thing. But that is about the closest that Neptilon really has with murlocs, aside from murlocs are fish, frog people who generally do live involving the sea. I think it was and- a card that was created more on the early Hearthstone mechanics-wise, because uh, th- this was in Goblins and Gnomes, uh, if I remember correctly. Yep. Neptilon has nothing to do with Goblins or Gnomes. Uh, they they were not yet at the point where they were specifically theming all the legendaries to have something to do with the greater theme of the set. Mm-hmm. They, they were finding their footing more, and frankly, I'm really glad that Neptilon has something that I feel is a lot more impressive and fitting for him. Yeah. And then this, in, in the artwork, we always see Neptilon wearing this big, like, necklace, chain, amulet, pendant sort of thing. What is that... Is that, does that um, have any significance at all, or is it just uh, some bling? Um, that, that there hasn't been anything made of that. Um, maybe at some point they could decide to tell a story about it, but as far as I'm aware, it's just a part of his uh, general appearance. Gotcha. Maybe it's, um, a, maybe yeah. it's a timekeeping device, and <laughs> Neptalon uh, pronounces their name, Neptalon! <laughs> 
It's a it's a flavor flav reference for the uninitiated. Okay. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> uh, is there more so, that we want to talk about Nep- Neptulon before we get into the Abyssal Maw? Or a bit, a okay. bit, because um, there is something uh, kind of due to the the nature of water elementals. So, so something else I wanted to mention is that elementals take a lot of different forms like uh, as you can see with some of the art that uh, we've had up you can see in a lot of the different uh cards that exist in hearthstone that they you can have the same basic element but it can be shaped and affected by the world around it so like a a water elemental that is coming from a swamp is different from one coming from a desert oasis, which is different from one that is coming from the ocean itself. And so it gives, it's just a great reason to have all this different creative uh, art, uh, all designing uh, elementals in a different way. Kind of like the way for fire elementals, you can have phoenixes as just another form of a fire elemental. And all of them are also associated with different uh, temperaments, both a positive and a negative one. And uh, water is associated by many shaman with uh, personality traits and qualities of tranquility on the positive side. But on the negative side, they're also associated with indecisiveness because, you know, water is always flowing around. It never really stays in one place and all that. So uh, that's kind of a um, a philosophical aspect that some in-lore shaman associate with water. And Interesting. It has something to do with their personalities a bit. Like, you know, fire is obviously very destructive. Uh, but you know, that can be, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. And th- th- there's all sorts of different aspects for each of the elementals with that, but that that's water's focus. It's tranquility. It's also a decisive. Uh, so let's see, we, uh, are imprisoning the elementals, right? The abyssal maw. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, this is kind of just where they all hang out honestly um it is originally a steadfast prison but eventually holes open up into the world over time and elementals just kind of start to leak out into the world again and neptalon is able to exhibit some influence we don't know exactly when or how that happened um like for ragnaros we have this big uh dramatic story about how he was accidentally summoned into the world by a dark iron dwarf in the middle of battle when he was just not (laughs) thinking clearly Uh, but we don't have any similar stories for how the other ones became more uh, actively involved we do know that uh, Neptalon was involved during some aspects, uh, particularly in troll history, because there are legends that are told about how he sent a great, powerful kraken to destroy one of the great cities of the Gurabashi Troll Empire. Uh, there is actually a not super short story in an in-game lore book uh, in a quest you can find that talks about uh krakens and how there was this one uh powerful uh troll who was trying to uh, hold them back and it says but the krakens are old very old they remembered when the land was first born from the sea 
They remember when the old ones ruled and the travelers came and cast them down. They remembered when magic was new. Which is interesting because it indicates that the Krakens may have been around at the same time as all the elementals fighting each other, even before the old gods crashed down. Which is curious, and I'm not sure if that's been retconned or what, uh, but indicates that there's very, very strong ties between, like, the water elementals and the Krakens. Um, just, like, and who knows how many other uh, creatures are tied and have connections or directly under the influence. And a lot of them probably just live in the Abyssal Maw or in, if they are in the Oceans of Azeroth, areas that, like, are super deep and you would not want to go down to. Otherwise, you might be entering this off territory or something, you know? No one wants to go there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. And and then, so... so- the Gurubashi Arena is that's where we had the Rastakhan's Rumble uh, yeah. expansion. Yeah, that's those same Gurubashi. The uh, they're the big jungle trolls. They live in an area called Stranglethorn Vale down at the bottom of uh, the bottom tip of the Eastern Kingdoms. Okay. And yeah, they they were at one point just doing some big rapid expansion, conquering everything. And apparently, somehow, in some unknown way, they really ticked off Neptalon, and he decided that he was going to nip their expansion in the bud. Uh, we <laughs> don't know why. Uh, we don't know if it's connected to another story that's told about a special uh, stormstone that was said to belong to Neptalon, that every generation a Gurubashi would find it washed up on the tides and gain power over water. Um, like there's various different legends, and it's always interesting when you have legends within a fictional world that you don't know is this actually something that happened in the lore, or is it just something that the people who live in the fictional world as their own fictional world, which I think just adds a lot of depth either way. Uh, yeah. so like I said, there's we don't know all the details on how Neptalon was active, um, up until the more classic area of world of warcraft when we actually start playing the game and entering as characters and start interacting with elementals as they become a bit more active there was this character here that was tied in with grobashi called su sunaman like tsunami like sunaman is that yes right? yep yeah. uh, as you you may remember from uh, some of our previous lore episodes that uh elementals are generally just they have names that are slightly different alterations of words associated like well you have like a fire elemental named smolderon you know <laughs> things that smolder um, and so we have we, we have a few others that uh, we'll talk about later but i just want to give the names right now as example there are uh, some water elementals who go by the names uh, Hydraxis, uh, because, like, you know, uh, Hydro, and Aquacleanse. So, you know, just Aqua. Not, not always what we might say, like, the most original in-depth naming for lore. Like, this isn't, like, Kinian type of levels here, but fun. And oh, they're, they're, not everything needs to be that deep. Nah, uh, they always do that stuff, right? Like, Rend, Rend Blackhand and... Yeah, his, his brother Tear Blackhand or whatever his name is. Mame, Mame. <laughs> yeah, Brendan Mame. <laughs> yeah, 
That's great. What kind of dad names their kids Rendon Mame? Hey, uh, Morgie Blackhand. Know. That's it. Ryan was going to say uh, <laughs> an orc warrior. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but getting into that particular one that you mentioned. Uh, so the thing is that the elementals still have, uh, shall we say, opposing natures. Uh, particularly mm. water and fire have a bit of an animosity together. And while now you before described uh, like uh, Therizane and Neptalon as more like the friendly ones, I go so far as to say they're friendly in the sense that they don't love mortals for the sake of mortals, but they are reasonable. They don't actively want to harm us unless, you know, they're directly offended or something. Mm -hmm. Friendly is a relative term. Got it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That is the job of a shaman a lot of the time, actually. Shamans are, in a sense, ambassadors between mortal races and the powerful elementals. That's why a shaman's power doesn't come from binding something to its will, unless there's some corrupted dark shaman. Uh, a shaman is the ambassador who asks the elementals to lend them aid and, you know, convinces, hey, this is in both of our interests and stuff, you know? Um, and often using that element of spirit to help temper them if they happen to be in a particularly destructive mood. But, uh, well, the water elementals, even from the earliest part times of the game, have frequently been allies against the more destructive fire elementals uh, under Ragnaros. Uh, so there was this one time, uh, this uh, one that we're talking about, the, the tsunami guy, uh, is an agent of Neptalon who wants to help mortals, uh, or rather, not so much help mortals, but enlist mortals' help to uh, mm-hmm. fight against uh, fire elementals who are being active in an area known as the Stone Talon Mountains. Um, a bit more div version is the reputation that you have to work up with uh, some of the water elementals back in the old versions. In fact, I suppose now that there's those wild classic servers that are up, so you can probably do this very thing, uh, where you essentially need to get a certain raised reputation with the water elementals in order to get special protection against the fire elementals in order to do the Molten Core uh, raid, which is one of the first, probably the first raid after Onyxia's Lair that was ever released, actually. It's like the first multi-boss raid in uh, the game. Uh, the only reason that you can survive any of that is because the water elementals are kind of giving you some water shields and stuff to, and like water tanks in order to break <laughs> through all of the lava and everything. Uh, so that's that's our uh, basic uh, talk there. That that's mostly just about all that we see of the water elementals and anything from Neptalon. Like at this point in the game, Neptalon is. We don't know what he looks like. It's just a name that you hear every so often. But then in the Cataclysm expansion, and we get to the Throne Tide stuff, which is what our mini set is all finally getting to the meat of the matter and all of our new cards, um, this is where we finally get to meet 
Neptalon uh, face to face and all of that. And uh, turns out that uh, all of that uh, time uh, he's managed to shake off those initial chains of uh, domination that the old gods used to control him and make him a general. And Vizoth is trying to call on him again. He's like, nope, nope. Yeah, you're not getting <laughs> me this time, buddy. I am my own water elemental. I'm not yours to boss around. And Azok doesn't like that one bit. And he's like, Neptalon must be punished for his insolence. And so he calls on our good buddy Ashara in order to <laughs> do the dirty work. Tell me what he you would. remember about that story, about uh, what's, go what's going on with Ashara again, huh? She talked to Nazoth as a fish and was like, hey, I'm going to be your queen. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> that is the way TLDR version, but yeah. Yep, yep. And remember that she is the world's biggest egomaniac. Yes, uh, she is. Yes, that, that is one of the most important things. So she is like the entire, the lord of all of the oceans. Oh, yeah. I can take this. No problem. <laughs> and no one had ever had the guts to try to challenge a demigod in his own plane of existence before. Because here's the thing. Remember how I said that the elemental planes were created because if you just kill one on Azeroth, they'll just reform? Mm -hmm. Well, if you kill them in their own elemental plane they stay dead. Oh. Kind of like oh. how you can only truly kill a demon if they're, you kill them in the Twisting Nether, when they're surrounded by their native element. Uh, otherwise, they just respawn. If you kill an elemental on Azeroth, they'll respawn in their elemental plane. Uh, like it's a video game. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, Azara is just like, doing the full course here that uh they're going to build up this big you know old godfield army teaming up with the twilight's hammer in order to go and invade because as i said the abyssal maw has some openings into the mortal world and one of them is down in the abyss of an area known as vashir which was uh, warcraft's first and so far only purely underwater zone as far as I'm aware. It was a bit controversial. Some people loved it. Some people hated having to swim everywhere. Uh, and it really messed with people who have fear of the ocean. So <laughs> I, got, I had some friends who I played War, War, Warcraft with once. And they were like, nope, I cannot do the Vashir Zone. I am too terrified of it. And I'm like, I entirely understand. Um, the Lassophobia is no joke. Yeah, yeah, no. It's even just like, you know, swimming down and the screen gets darker and everything. It's like, oh, no, that's uh it's a bit creepy. But um so we have kind of two core parts of the story in this Vashir that we're talking about. So uh one of them is regarding the uh the legendary that we've had from Shaman from Whispers of the Old Gods set, that I'll bet a lot of us never knew what the heck this thing was. No, Azeel. yeah, so we're talking about Halazil, right? Well, mm -hmm. let me ask you, be before we get there, the Abyssal Breach, is that just, that's referring to, like, how they entered into the Yeah, Abyss, that's this the whole portal. Okay, okay. Gotcha, all right. It's, it's the breach into his home copy that's that. the portal into the upside down got it <laughs> something like that yeah 
I mean, but the thing is that when you're underwater, like, you know, how Sir Finley's card is, I seem to have lost the surface. It's like, what is up? What is down? You know, you get to a certain level of buoyancy, you don't know. That's true. That's clever. That was also a Stranger Things reference, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very good. All right. So so Halazil, yeah, was our uh, shaman elemental way back from the Whispers of the Old Gods. And, you know, looking at it, like, I, I don't know what that is. And you see it's an elemental, but like, no context. Um, but uh, here we have it, right? That's what we're here for, to provide that context. So the thing is that... Um, the Twilight's Hammer is inclusive in terms of the various types of ways that it tries to do evil. And uh, particularly <laughs> since the Cataclysm is uh, themed around the elements quite a bit. It's like Deathwing is trying to use the elemental lords. Like Rhydenros and Alakir just get all on board, creating destruction. And Neptalon and Therizane are resisting, so you got to beat them into submission. Uh, but so that there's a big thing about using the very elements of Azeroth to destroy Azeroth. And one thing that the Twilight's Hammer is trying to do is to have what they call elemental ascension, where they basically come elementals themselves in order to have that raw destructive power that they can wield. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> what? Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let me tell you what it uh, initially involves here. This uh, ascension here uh, means that the, you forget your existence as a mere mortal. You essentially turn into a different being. Um, and these are the highest echelons of Twilight's Hammer cultists. Uh, they essentially are in used with elemental powers that completely warp their body and uh, generally seems to require the draining of either powerful elemental or some other type of powerful demigod-like being. And draining is precisely what they are working on with uh, a character that I believe I mentioned last time that there was something that I thought should be a colossal card, and I was going to wait and see, and they didn't make it into one. Uh, but it is, I believe, pronounced uh, the Jorik, but I've never actually heard it pronounced, so I can't say for certainty. But it is this large, I'd say colossal, sea creature just down at the bottom of the sea, that is powerful enough that it is referred to as a god of some, at least for some things down in the sea. That's and, what we see on the screen right now behind Halazeel. It looks like a mm -hmm. giant hermit crab sort of thing, right? Yeah, like hermit crab jellyfish thingy. It's difficult to really know uh, what it is. Maybe that's the whole point. It's kind of incomprehensible. But not in the way that an old god is. In a, in a very, well, pretty much the way that anytime we try delving down into the depths of the sea, we saw, see all the weird stuff down there that lives in the volcanic trenches and stuff. It's kind of like a giant version of all that, I guess. Uh, but the Twilight's Hammer cult literally, like, gets inside this thing, cuts out its heart, which is huge, like the size of a house, sets up a ritualistic camp, inside where its heart was 
and is constantly draining its power in order to create these elemental ascendants. Wait, and, wait, wait. So uh, they cut his heart out and it's still alive? It's dying, yes, but it is... I mean, what, you think a, a being that's called a god, you can't just kill it by cutting the heart out. You're going to have to do more than that. Sounds like your average Friday night. <laughs> but yes, yes. And uh, that is essentially what they are working on doing. There are uh, ascendants for all of the different elementals. Um and in fact, you have to find a council of them in another raid uh, later on called the Twilight Bastion, which is the one with uh, Chogal as the final boss, actually, just fighting a bunch of different uh, Twilight Hammer, old god worshipping type of things here. Uh, but uh, Hazalil is basically the Ascendant who is leading the big Drain the God to Create Ascendants project. Like, uh, it's pr probably the sort of assignment that you just uh, really hope for in order to prove yourself to upper management so you can get the big promotion. <laughs> but he failed because we kill him. So, uh, so sorry, sorry, you're not, not getting the big promotion to the Ascendant Council, buddy. Um, that is too bad, but you were kind of being a complete monster about things. So, <laughs> seriously, what a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so that is something. And, and something that I also think, you know, this is the time to bring it up, is these elemental ascendants. If you've wondered, what is on that picture of the new Immolate Warlock card that burns all the cards in your hands? Or there is also this uh, image that we have one of the uh, starting mage treasures that you can have, the uh, Embercaster. You wondered, what the heck are those things? Now you know. Now, these particular ones are uh, being submerged with fire elementals. And uh, so they are a bit more different from uh, Hazlil, who I believe did merge with the water elemental. I'm not sure if it's explicitly said, but I think it makes the, the most sense. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that's why they... They kind of look elemental. I'll be honest. It kind of looks like their faces are jack-o'-lanterns. Do you guys see that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it, it really looks does. like to me. But um, yeah, that that's uh, what they are. Who? No idea what their identity was beforehand. They don't even know. Not even sure what kind of mortal they were, except bipedal, apparently, uh, which most are. And uh, yeah, that is basically what's going on with all those. Now, it is theoretically possible uh, and some shaman have experimented with this to have a way of temporarily becoming an ascendant that is actually working with the elemental. And it's a very short burst of power. It's unclear whether that means that it kills you in the end or whether you just can't maintain it for a super long time. But theoretically, it is possible for someone to not be super evil in this way, uh, but it still is all that raw, uncontrolled power and says they cannot be controlled. They can only be unleashed. And you only <laughs> do it in the most dire of circumstances where you're like, yeah, like you, you, you set up all the ascendants, and then you, you point in that direction of the enemy, and then you run away and hope <laughs> that they go in that direction. So even at their best, in the most non-evil version possible, you don't want to mess with these uh, elemental ascendants. They, they are seriously raw, chaotic, pure, elemental power. 
that uh, really shouldn't be messed with under any normal circumstances. Very good. All right. And so that is kind of our first part of this uh, story right here. But now we get into the actual assault on uh, Neptulon himself from the Naga forces. And interestingly, I'll say that the zone this takes place in, Vashir, is named after Lady Vash, because this is the area that she grew up in that her mom was uh, a noble over, actually. So while you're exploring this area, you learn a bit about Lady Vash's history. Now, she isn't here because she died back uh, when you fought her when she was fighting for Illidan. Uh, so instead, this is being led by Na Lady Nazjar, who you may remember back from the... Uh, League of Explorers solo adventure when you're trying to get the Pearl of Tides along with Sir Finley. And uh, this is where she was in game and they decided to bring her as a full legendary card here. She's the one who is uh, leading the charge on uh, this whole operation. Uh, basically kind of the uh, Ashara's commanding general uh, for the completely raid and overthrow the lord of the entire o open ocean operation. Oh, that's more of a tongue twister than I realized. <laughs> she does not really look like Patches, though she is in charge. <laughs> um, well, I know you could say uh, the mini set came in a patch, huh? Huh? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but anyway. So, yeah, that, that uh, basically leads us up to our new legendary cards uh, that come from the actual dungeon of the Throne of Tides. Uh, so, Lady Nazjar herself is actually the uh, first boss that you fight in this dungeon. And, as I said, she is a naga. Uh, you know, a naga are... Like, it's very fitting that she is a mage legendary because, as we've talked about, they are the uh, twisted versions of the highborn elves, the ones who were the big magic-using sorcerers, the, the aristocrats of the Night Elven Empire. And uh, she's just one of those. Uh, not necessarily a ton of particular backstory about her, as far as I know, at least not much more that makes her stand out from uh, most other uh, types of uh, Naga sorceresses. But uh, she is definitely a formidable foe and is most notable for being the one to try to help overthrow Neptalon on this point. Uh, and our Warlock Legendary is uh, similarly, like, not really something that we have lore on, just the little uh, dungeon journal note. That basically says that this is this is a faceless, you know, just like a lot of the other uh, Hearthstone cards we've seen, especially back in Whispers of the Old Gods. Like, so many of these uh, guys on the cards. And uh, you may recall the official name they have is the Naraki, uh, but everyone just calls them the faceless because, well, they don't have a face. Uh, and this was basically sent by Nasoth as some uh, super-powered backup here. He's like, okay, I'm sure you, Naga, I think you have this all under control, but I'm gonna send my own representative here, just in case. Uh, but doesn't really work out because you defeat him as the second boss, and uh, so that, that, that's really all that we have for him, but uh, yeah, it's 
it's it's essentially it, again, as I said, he's he's a boss a lot of people forget about. It's really cool that he's been kind of recognized and shined as a Hearthstone card here, and makes perfect sense for the warlock style. Um, and then let's see what uh, what do are we going to talk about next here? So we get uh, into Neptulon and uh, mm-hmm. the the Tidestone, right? And the and then these like greater water elementals. Right, right. So. Azimut, who is the uh, the big Kraken? Remember we oh yeah, about I'm sorry that yeah, that as we, well. We, we can't we can't skip him. Uh, he's the big final part here uh, because he's actually managing to overpower Neptulon, and the the Naga have uh, either gotten control of him somehow or uh, just convinced him to come to their side. It's a bit unclear, but. Uh, Honestly, is the only reason they stand a chance of defeating Neptulon. This isn't just a Kraken. This is the patriarch of Krakens. The most Krakeny Kraken who ever <laughs> Krakened. Uh, and basically, your final fight in the Throne of Tides is that you are trying to fight all the Faceless that are summoned and all of the tentacles, because he has Neptulon in a death grip. Like, he's trying to yank this guy away. And uh, Neptulon has to keep trying to purify the water for you, and he actually makes you grow in size so that you stand a chance at fighting against this huge kraken. Um, and that is essentially what the, the Throne of Ties is all about, that Neptulon is the one who needs your help. Uh, because this Kraken is too much for him, and he needs some outside assistance here. And uh, that is kind of the... Where the story ends in Cataclysm, actually. It doesn't really follow directly from there. The next time that we see uh, Neptalon is uh, in the Legion expansion, because if you play a Shaman, you get this story about trying to unite the four elemental lords, and Neptalon is the first one that you go for. He's initially a bit reluctant on this because he's basically saying, have you seen the Elemental Lord? They do not work together well. But then he's reminded, well, there was that one time we all worked together to fight the old gods way back before you were even a twinkle in the universe's eye. So uh, maybe we could try it again. It's worth a shot. And uh, most of that... Uh, quest line that you have as a shaman in the legion expansion is either is trying to recruit elemental lords or helping to uh make some new ones to replace uh, ragnaros and alakir because well they're they're kind of dead at this point uh and as a demonstration of his devotion to the cause uh, this is where those names that I mentioned before come up. Uh, Champion Aqua Cleanse and Duke Hydraxis are the two uh, powerful ele- water elemental lieutenants that Neptalon sends to aid you. One of them is uh, basically a lieutenant that you get to order around and send on missions, and uh, I think maybe can be your bodyguard if you send him to that setting. Uh, and the other one is uh, part of a quest that you basically get to ride him and like uh, spurting just huge gusts of water at demons on uh, this area called the Broken Shore. And uh, they later make a return, because uh, what we have in our picture here is uh, when uh, there's a little thing that Neptalon is susceptible to. Titan magic. 
because it's mm. how he was bound in the first place in the Abyssal Maw. So when Queen Ajan gets her hands on this powerful artifact called the Tidestone of Golganath, which of course is one of the treasures that we get from her legendary card, um, he can't really do anything about it here. That's why uh, if you're going in Nashitar, she's basically used it to push all the water away. So it's like a dry land zone that's surrounded by water, and you have these huge walls of water. If you go to a certain spot, Neptalon is right on the other side, like trying to get in. He's like, it's very this Titan magic. It's very Moses parting the Red Sea. That's uh... yeah, yeah, it is. It is uh, that sort of thing, except it's just a huge hole in the middle of the ocean, not a path to get from one side of uh, a landbound body of water to the other. Uh, so he is able to send in Hydraxis and Aqua Cleanse, and they help you with some missions and stuff. But uh, he essentially is just like, you gotta handle this, guys, because the, the Titan magic has me pretty helpless here. There's not really much that I can do. And, you know, eventually you deal, do deal with Ajara in the way that we talked about last time, going to the Eternal Palace. Most of the legendaries that we have from uh, Sunken City are uh, bosses from that particular raid. And so far is the most, uh, the latest that we have heard of Neptalon and the Water Elementals. Um, particularly since the uh, latest expansion of the past few years, Shadowlands literally wasn't on Azeroth at all. We were up in the entire realm of death. Uh, so Neptalon didn't really have a chance of having anything to do with all that. Maybe we'll see something for the new one that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's set on the Dragon Isle. So it's, you know, it's islands surrounded by water. Mm. Maybe there'll be something yeah. involved. We honestly don't know. But uh, that is essentially all the lore that we have now he's not like ragnaros is the one who gets the most press on everything you know he's big he's dramatic he uh has a fire festival and hearthstone and all of that uh he's literally the end boss of two different raids and so we know a lot more about him a lot of the other elemental lords don't have quite as uh, long or in-depth or certain stories but say if I had to hang out with uh, one of the elemental lords, Neptalon is a pretty good contender because he's at least someone that you can you can reason with, and at least is you know uh, water for shaman is generally used in healing spells. You know something that if you got a little out of control with, you know wouldn't accidentally burn yourself or whatnot. Uh, I do have a fear of the deep water, but uh, that part aside, I think Neptalon seems like a, a, a pretty cool guy, and you definitely, if it's between him and the greatest egomac and egomaniac queen ever, yeah, definitely gonna take Neptalon's side here. Just saying. <laughs> it's between him and Ajara? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then no, no one, no one likes Ajara unless they're magically compelled to, but she loves doing. Remember, she she oh, she was great. people uh, magically you know, like be infatuated with her and fight for her affection and stuff. Like no, that's so no, funny. That, that, that's that's red flag for abusive relationship right there. <laughs> Very cool. These names are so funny. Like the one of them is like you know Hydraxis. It's like it's so cool. And the other one is what is it? Aqua Cleanse is like that reminds an Aqua Cleanse. Aqua Cleanse aqua reminds me of like mouthwash. It's like a toothpaste brand. <laughs> yes. And the other yeah, one is, fresh, is uh, yeah. you face Hydraxis. Uh, <laughs> it's so 
<laughs> the names. Oh, the names are I'm, so good. I'm going to do a Close quick little uh, search here on the Wikipedia to find other names for known water elementals. We can make some comparisons. That's, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, I just, I love how they've managed to, um, you know, slide in uh, a bunch of like mini lore elements that you wouldn't catch if you weren't looking, uh, especially like all the treasures of Ajar are super cool. How they, yeah. Um, and I do want to say also congratulations, I think are in order to you for predicting, uh, the flavor of the mini set way ahead <laughs> of time. I mean, we were looking at, you know, what could the missing legendaries be? And we were guessing a little bit at, Hey, maybe they're going to be some of the missing raid bosses who ended up making their way into other elements of the game. I think primarily in yeah, battlegrounds. Like battlegrounds, I think mm-hmm. got one of them right. from the eternal palace raid. But uh, yeah, it's like I, I was nowhere near as certain on this one uh, as I was for some of the past ones, because for the, a uh, year of the Griffin, we had a year-long story. I could kind of predict where things were going. Uh, for this place, I was at first leaning the idea that they would delve more into the Nazoth stuff uh, because there was that connection with the Naga. But I was thinking at the back of my mind, like we already have two Nazoths. It hasn't been all that long since we had Dark Moon Fair, really. So mm-hmm. maybe they'll go. And there is this hole. So I was nowhere near as uh, prof prophetic in uh, pronouncing this one but it, it was a possibility that i had in mind it did seem like this big hole in the story that we were lacking representation from uh you said azamet i remember i remember looking it up and being like whoa that <laughs> thing is crazy looking yeah uh, yeah so well okay I, I found some uh some names here a lot of them just have what in them we have aqua sir aquatation aquamentis uh aqueous uh Taurus, um uh, let's see uh baron aqueous uh we have glacius uh we have uh hydrius hydrospawn uh immersus um princess temptistra <laughs> so like you, you 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 see the theme here it's, Steve. it's the way that <laughs> Um, so things like Chinvala would count, uh, Glacial Shard. Also, Steam Elemental is technically a water elemental. Uh, it's theorized that maybe that happens where, like, you get a bit of Fire Elemental in there and you get Steam, or you get a bit of Air Elemental and that cools it down and you get Ice, but, uh, there's really nothing particularly canon about that. All we know is that, hey, water has its three states and everything, and it can manifest in Elementals that way as well. So. I think I know where Steve got got his name. It's S T E A V E. Like the <laughs> name elemental. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, I should probably mention before we uh wrap up this section that uh obviously the most the the card that's just called water elemental is actually a mage card because mages are capable of conjuring them as well, but in this case it's not like a shaman does it where they're calling on the existing beings. It's more like they kind of form them magically out of water through the arcane. Legend holds that mages first discovered how to summon summon a water elemental when they attempted to summon a glass of water but forgot the glass. 
<laughs> that is literally a thing that's on the Wowpedia page about it. That's that's funny. glorious <laughs> and terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's about all the basics that we have now. Even the the fun little facts about water elementals. Very good. Well, thank you so much for sharing these uh, lore tidbits with us. It's always so so much fun uh, learning the stories behind the game, and you know, especially Neptulon is a you know major player who's been around in Hearthstone for years and years and years to finally kind of learn a little bit more. And and uh, I'm glad he finally gets a card that's a bit more uh, deserving of his status. You know, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I I love it because. Um, especially, you know, you see it in the card art a little bit, and um, I can pull it up again on the screen here. It's if you're looking at it, like Neptulon is huge. You see these little Naga surrounding uh, Neptulon, and they're like tiny in comparison. And uh, and so Neptulon as a colossal makes much more sense. That like, no, 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 this is not some just uh, you know little being. Like this is huge uh, elemental lord. And so so big, he, he needs uh, separate cards for each hand. Yeah. Cool. And I can just think that there's so many other beings of similar size. I'm so glad that they introduced this colossal concept because there's so many different things. Like some of the some of the biggest demons, uh, some uh, large creatures. Ha- you know, technically, like Sagoth the Slitherer, mm-hmm. uh, who we have as a regular minion, is gigantic in the game. You can kind of see that a bit in the card art. Heck, mm-hmm. uh, some of the uh, back just as recent as Alterac, like uh, the you know forest and ice lords. Oh, there, local yeah, R and Ivis, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. kind of have to look at their art, uh, some of the parts that are cut away in order to really see just how huge they are. And now that we have this colossal concept, I love the idea that uh, it could be used to represent some of these types of characters more at their true size and compared to some others. How crazy would it have been with Ivis, depending on the mana? It would just like start, the card would be like, you know, it... It, you know, say it costs three or four or whatever, but it would gain colossal plus if the more mana you spent on it. And so that sounds like you know, an interesting custom card. If yeah. it's uh, you know, it's it's three mana, but I pay five now. It's colossal plus two. You know, mm. whatever it is like that, and it just keeps growing, 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 depending on how much mana I spend. That'd be fun. I really like that card. Somebody, I think it was Blue Train. These, uh, submitted a bunch of channel points and I ended up crafting that one in gold. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Yeah. I get to think what I get to make you craft in gold now that I've submitted those channel points too. Mwahahaha. What do you not <laughs> have in gold yet? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yo. Oh. 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 What? So good. Uh Glorious and glorious and terrible. I wish I could choose to just speak and have that type of voice come out of my mouth whenever I wanted to. Oh my goodness! I freak people out. I love it. Well, hey, thanks for telling us these stories. It's so fun. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. And well, now I believe we have uh, we have some contest winners to figure out, don't we? 
Yeah, so uh, last week's challenge, we were talking about Colossal Minions uh, just, just a moment ago. Last week's challenge was the coolest neutral Colossal Minion you can create. So it, it didn't need to be the widest, just like the coolest. Um, and, and Nate, uh, I, I think that, that we did, in fact decide on 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 that one correct yes i i love it i okay. think the card is very fun both in flavor but it it also kind of tugs on my heartstrings a little bit because it's uh loosely based on another franchise that uh i enjoy quite a bit so yeah so our winner for this week is ulticon with commander slime so commander slime is an eight mana two six but of course, the Colossal plus six. Each one of the different appendages is a slime, which is a one mana, one, two with taunt. So Commander Slimes um, uh, also reads, after a slime dies, it and restore two health. After eating six slimes, become King Slime. This is why you're playing the card, right? So King Slime is an eight mana, and mana at that point is irrelevant, 818 at the end of each turn devour all minions and gain their stats um num 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 crazy so you'd have to kill six how many of the slime six yeah six which means that you have to have an empty board when you play commander slime Mm -hmm. and then you have to have all Mm -hmm. the slimes which do have taunt so they help you in with that um so you have to kill all of those slimes off before commander slime gets killed in order to for that effect to, to happen. So I, I liked the fact that it was, you know, super powerful, definitely like a, a, a custom card, but it had the restrictions on it that made it like still viable. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like you could kind of see this happen in game. Um, and then, of course, the, the Terraria. Uh, um, yeah, there's a reference to, to, uh, to King Slime here, which is... Uh... A Terraria boss, which is just a giant blue slime, but it has like a ninja inside of it and it's got the crown. And so you can, I mean, you can kind of see it in the artwork down here. It's the, the blue slime with the crown and the little person inside of it. Uh, I love it. So very fun. And, and I like the flavor as well. And I think Ulticon had made another one uh, previously as well, a colossal that was based on another um, Terraria thing, which was really fun. Uh, the, the Destroyer of Worlds, which is super cool. So... Anyways, congrats to to Ulticon for the win there. Yeah, yeah congratulations, nice. Ulticon. It's always tricky to find the right way to balance this type of stuff. You want it to be really cool and impressive, but you don't want to be so powerful that people are like, no, I would ban that from the game instantly. It's, so Yeah, it's pr- very hard to balance. balance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. cool. Well, so, so congratulations, Ulticon. You win, of course, two packs on us, and your win will be immortalized on the Born to be Wild Hall of Fame Hooray! on our website. Hooray! <laughs> nice. All right, so what is our challenge for this week? Yes, yeah, so this week... Since we were talking a lot about water elementals and how shamans, you know, that tends to be the, the more healing uh, type of, of uh, elemental interaction with them. 
this week's challenge is the most healing you can get with a single card. So um, if whenever you hover over the, the card in the, in the little timeline, the, the, the ribbon on the left, um, it shows a big number. Boom. There it is. So there are, of course, other ways that you can um, kind of augment the amount of healing that, that things have. I'm not going to go into them. That's your job <laughs> as the participants. Um, but if you can hover over on the timeline and show that you just healed for 586 with one card, boom, there it is. So, uh, and of course, to participate in the challenge, challenges can be played in casual or on ladder, but not against a friend or the innkeeper. We don't want to necessarily have you tank your rank by making it required to play on ladder, but we also don't want to make things too easy. You know, a, a friend will help you. PVE, including the innkeeper, won't necessarily try to help you, but they will. <laughs> so post it in our Discord in the Weekly Challenges channel. The winner, of course, will be announced on next week's show, just like Ulticon was here. And we'll also receive two Hearthstone packs on us and be immortalized in the Hall of Fame on the Born to be Wild website. Ooh. Can't wait to see if anyone does land exactly 586. Like, <laughs> I, I will be super impressed. I, I will uh, I will throw down a few more packs on, onto that one. <laughs> if it's exactly 586. <laughs> you know, kind of a tough aspect of this one is that you have to have enough damage to heal from. So some people might might have to let themselves get in the death rows a bit more, some risky things in order to to be able to get the maximum healing. I'm interested. You can heal. I'll be interested to hear if anyone can post any stories about how close they got to dying while going for the challenge. <laughs> I will say, just as a hint, you can. We're talking about healing, so you can heal faces but you can also heal minions and so if you're looking to increase that number uh there are a number of things that can be healed so looking forward to see what people come up with absolutely are we including opponents as long as it's with the one card if you hover over that in the timeline opponents count opponents show just thought we should clarify yeah yeah definitely very good well thank you everybody for being here for hanging out that wraps up this week's show uh thank you again goliath for hanging out with us tonight and and donating your time and your story your storytelling it's always a blast um lore episodes are some of my very favorite and so um always excited uh to to listen to these and to see um you know uh, how the card art and how everything ties together and so um, thank you again for coming on tonight really really appreciate it and enjoy hanging My out with pleasure. you all right everybody well uh for more wild content or to see where you can um, interact with any of us individually please check out our website again that's born to be wild hs.com uh, visit us in the discord links to all that stuff is at our website and we will see you all next week on another new episode of more to be wild <laughs> the end of the episode i'm ready i'm not ready Job done. <laughs> oh. so good so good <laughs>